is Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Oh, my heavens. What a goal. What a move. Lemieux. Oh, baby. There's a mistake and a throw. A puck by Bridget. He's got a taser from Jonathan Taves. His first. For sure. How you doing today? It's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. It's season five, episode nine. This one we're calling the Nichols, as in Bernie Nichols, uh, mulleted scorer from the '80s and '90s. He's a beauty. We'll get into a little bit of his stats and uh, talk with that. I'm here, as always, with my uh, good friend, co-host Randy. Hold on, now. Wait a second. This isn't co-host Randy. It's guest co-host Jared. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, Tommy. How are you? Well, it's great. It's great to have you on the show, listeners. If you're wondering, uh, we sent Randy on a uh, work mission uh, to the boonies. Uh, you know, he'll be back at some point. But in the meantime, we've got trusty Jared in his chair, uh, keeping it warm for him while, uh, while he's gone. And uh, Jared's ready to talk some hockey today. And that's exactly what we're going to do here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Uh, Jared, looks like you're just uh, cinching up a new pair of skates. What do you got there? I actually am sitting here wearing these skates as we record. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to break them in. Uh, I So I was telling you, uh, I don't know. I was away from the game for quite a long time. And I came back and... It's weird, man. Like there is there is no uh, consistency to how things were back in my day. You mean uh, like as far as gear? In in far, gear sticks. So so oh, yeah. so I didn't play for like twenty plus years, and yeah. when I came back, uh, it is no more it wooden is, sticks. It's all composite. that's see, but that's not true. That's not true. The old trusty uh, Sherwood. PMP fifty thirty, yeah, the fifty thirty, the the Paul Coffee model is still yeah. available. So yeah. great uh, stick, great I, stick. I came back, I bought one of those, I promptly broke it within two games, and really? so everybody was like, "Yeah, you got to go get yourself a composite." So I did that, and so uh, I think I'm probably in one of my past appearances on the show. I was laid up, I broke my ankle a couple years ago, and so I'm just getting back to playing this year. And so I decided, hey, I'm going to go buy a new pair of blades. First time I bought skates in 30 years. And let me tell you, it's a whole new world out there. Oh, yeah. Because they don't make they don't make skates out of leather anymore. They don't have the felt boot. It's all this plasticky composite fiberglass thing. And did you get yours? Did you get your new ones baked or whatever? Oh, they put them in the oven. They baked them up for me. Uh, So I what I ended up doing, I went down to Royal Sports and I talked to a, a pretty informative young chap there who put me on this machine and they scanned my foot and I told him I've got a bit of a wider foot. He's like, you need to get yourself a pair of Bauer Supremes or oh, yeah. Nexus, which they don't make anymore. Yeah. Now they just call them the M one, two, one through five or something like that. Yeah. And it's weird. And so I ended up 
uh, picking up a pair of uh, Bauer Supremes, and I think they are three M's or three S or that's like the wideness or whatever. Yeah. You know what? Uh, this morning, actually, I went and uh, tried on a, a couple pairs of uh, skates because mine are like, they're holding in there, but I need some new skates and um, I just don't want to spend the money, but I got, uh... <laughs> I got Bauer. I'm looking at the receipt right here. Bauer Supreme M threes. Those Size. are a comfy skate. I would I tried them on in the summer and I almost pulled the trigger. Didn't and so, regret it now. <laughs> but, and so so I went and I picked up a pair of these, size seven and a half D. I've never worn anything smaller than an eight, right? And the guy's like, yeah. Oh yeah, no, those skates are too big. And I'm like, Well, I've been wearing these for off and yeah. on for, for 30 years. And he's like, Yeah, your parents bought them for you back in nineteen ninety two, didn't you? didn't they and i'm like yeah and he's like well yeah because they figured well we'll get you'll grow it into them or yeah we're gonna we're gonna stretch these out for a few years but uh yeah the whole skate thing it's it's a weird and wild it's a wild world out there and it's hard to find the right fit and you got to try a lot of skates on and it's you know i mean that's my problem right now is just the getting the time and the, having the patience well, to try on some different skates and whatever, but sure. Yeah, and so that'll, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say that that'll come. I th- Let's, let's talk a little bit about Bernie Nichols here. We're talking season five, episode nine, and okay. we got Bernie on the brain, uh, Pumper Nichols, as you referred to him, just well, as that was his goal score. His goal scoring celebration was called the, the Pumper Nichols. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Pumper Nichols. You know who's got a great goal scoring celebration or had one was Patrick Sharp. I call it uh, my favorite of the goal scoring celebrations. He kind of just did the Sharpie shuffle is what I yeah. call it. He kind of raised his knee a little bit and did little mini Pumper Nichols uh, yeah. where, he, you know, fist pumps. But uh, but Bernie, so he scored 70 goals, 70 in the year 1988-89 he added 80 assists 150 points um not hard to tell he was skating alongside Wayne Gretzky that year hey <laughs> well if you look at his stats his next mm. best point total was in 84-85 one of his first couple of years in the league he put up 46 goals and 54 assists 100 points yeah was well he had highest... 112 the year after the 150 season uh, so, oh yeah, yeah, he yeah. split it. But between, yeah, he only he had the three teams, yeah, three hundred point seasons, uh, all with the LA Kings. He did, of course, end up in New York, uh, played a little bit in Edmonton, New Jersey, Chicago, San Jose is where he ended his career. Yeah, we'll give you the little rundown here. He had an eighteen year NHL career, one thousand one hundred twenty seven games played, four hundred seventy five goals, a total of one thousand two hundred and nine points. So he finished his career over a point a game. Not too shabby, I mean, especially when you play, you know, 1,100 games. Um, yeah. And uh, most of that was spent in L.A. Um, mm-hmm. You know what? I think he has a statue outside CryptoBro.com Arena or whatever it's called. <laughs> in I think LA? It's, it was the Staples Center in L.A., but now yeah. it's called something about cryptocurrency. And... You know, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure there's a Bernie Nichols statue 
out there and they're putting up a uh uh dustin brown statue this year so i kind of like that unheralded not even unheralded i mean these are great players but you know obviously wayne's got a statue there marcel dion i assume has a statue yeah um but like you know we've only got the one statue here in winnipeg dale howarchuk uh who in your estimation is worthy is statue worthy here in winnipeg are we so are we talking like jets 1.0 oh just just jets yeah like winnipeg (laughs) who in winnipeg hockey history well i mean here's everybody's always going to say bobby hall right bobby hall we got to do bobby hall uh i don't know i find bobby hall to be somewhat of a problematic (laughs) problematic figure yeah um Jeez. Here's here's one I'll throw at you. Um, yeah. as far as who could be the next statue. Well, they might do one before this, but current jet goaltender Connor Hellebuck, especially if he leads them to the promised land, as soon as they like, you know, hoist the cup, they better start building a statue of Connor Hellebuck. Say. I'm yeah. not gonna say that they're gonna go ahead and win the cup, but like, you know, if that ever happened. But yeah. I mean, like Hellebuck, I think he's going to go down as the greatest goaltender this franchise Ooh. and previous Jets franchise has ever seen. No yeah, offense to I Bob mean... Essence or Nikolai <laughs> Habibulin, but Tim Shovelday, yeah, Doug, yeah. Dougie Sotart, <laughs> you know, like the Jets do not have uh, a real sort of long-standing history of great goaltenders. Um, yeah. Apologies to, uh, to Pokey Reddick, but... yeah, Pokey, yeah. Uh, Hellebuck, definitely the only Jets tendee to ever win the Vesna, and yeah. he's uh, knock on wood off to a good start again this year. Exactly, yeah. has got to be the prohibitive favorite uh, at this at this point in the season. Um, but yeah, Hellebuck would be a good one. Uh, I think that you know you'd have a lot of people say uh, former captain Blake Wheeler. Yeah, uh, would be would be another guy at the for, end of the day. Uh, he might yeah. be a, a a candidate for sure. Um, service. I think from Jets 1.0. I mean, like, like Timu never really played here that long. You know, it was a four or five years. Mm-hmm. I, is that statue worthy? He had the obviously the rookie record, 72 goals. He bested Bernie's best of 70. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, like, uh, I think. You know, like if you go back to Jets 1.0, like I don't know. I mean, maybe um, Dave Babbage. <laughs> There's gonna be Dave Babbage. I would love to see that that mustache. Yeah, immortalized in in some sort of bronze, 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 bronze stash. Um, yeah, no. Uh, you know, Dave Babbage, Dave Ellett. Yeah. Tepo Tepo Newman and Phil Housley. Tepo Newman. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of candidates. I mean, history or time will tell who it is. Uh, But uh, for now, we've got Dale Howardchuck to enjoy. And uh, let's use this as a a segue to we almost kind of did it naturally, but I'm going to point it out. Let's talk a little bit of Winnipeg Jets, uh, uh, Jared. I almost called you Randy. Um, (laughs) So we're we're coming up on uh, our first little song break here. but when we come back from it, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk a little bit of Jets because we got to get into it. Um, they're on a heater, and um, what's the win streak at now? Four games, something like Four that. Four games, seven of their last nine. Yeah, they're sitting on top of the Western Conference as we speak. Now, by the time you li- we're recording here on Saturday, 
Uh, they do play Sunday night. So we'll see what happens over the weekend. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, Monday or beyond on UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg, download as a podcast anywhere you get the podcast. It's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. We're going to throw to a song. Coming up later in the show, we're talking World Juniors, Christmas tradition. Let's kick it off with a Christmas song because, you know, we like you know we're christmas boys over here so um <laughs> this is this is um this is one called uh merry xmas everybody by sloan jared pointed out it's a cover uh yeah old british you... rock band named slade <laughs> with the arena anthem come on and feel the noise come on feel the noise uh this yeah. song song was written in 1973 by their lead vocalist naughty naughty holder <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know if, it, if his real name is Naughty Holder, but uh, that's, that's a great that's handle. Quite a handle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a good. Um, one. Well, Sloan covered it. This this song came out ten years ago. Sloan's version, and uh, it's a you know add it to your Christmas rock and roll playlist. Uh, uh, you know, Sloan knows how to do it. So here we go. Let's kick it off with Sloan here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show.
Okay, that was Merry Christmas, everybody, from Sloan, uh, CanCon Rockers, uh, famously from Halifax, but, you know, they're a, they're a Toronto band. Uh, everybody's a Toronto band, it seems like, but um, <clears throat> we're not talking Toronto here. We're going to talk some Winnipeg Jets, uh, Jared. It's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, uh, UMFM 101.5, every Monday, 5 p.m. That's when you can hear us. And uh, download it as a podcast, stream it, whatever you do. Just make sure you're tuning in. And thank you for tuning in. But Jared, the Winnipeg Jets are on a four-game heater. They're sitting on top of the Central Division. They're sitting on top of the Western Conference. Um, Somehow, I don't really understand. I'm I'm wrong in that. Vegas is on top of the Western Conference. But I think it's... I was going to say Vegas is on top of the Western Conference, but the Jets have three games in hand on mm-hmm. on the Golden Knights. Uh, so Winnipeg's only played 26 games, whereas mm-hmm. Vegas has played 29. 29, yeah. And and in, if we're going central, uh, Dallas uh, is the main competitor in the central division. They're uh, 27 games played, and we're... The Jets 20. are yeah. two points up on them, 37 points, 35 points. So, you know what? 26 games into the season, 18-7-1, a goals for of 87, goals against of 64 for a plus 23 differential. Isn't that wild? Like, did you – I know Randy and I have kind of talked about this, but did you uh, in the offseason or preseason or whatever, like, was this – uh, even a thought that you thought that the Jets could be playing this well and and having this kind of record with that kind of goal differential? Absolutely not. Um, you know, I think that the the off season was definitely um, it was it was punctuated by that long drawn out uh, coaching search. Trots watch. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like Barry Trotz is coming. He's going to save us. He's going to, he's going to turn this thing around. And then Barry Brown jug said, boys, uh, all the beer in the world. Just come to Winnipeg. And then Rick bonus is getting free beer. Yeah. From somebody right (laughs) after the job he's done, you know, somebody be giving him something for the trouble, but you know, like it, then Trotz, he, he didn't come and it was like, okay, so now we're gonna we're gonna pivot. We're gonna look at Jim Montgomery, or we're gonna look at somebody else, right? And Montgomery's been doing a bang up job in Boston. Well, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think that the other guy was uh, Peter DeBoer, but he took right. himself off the board pretty quick. Went to Dallas, and so again doing a bang up job there. And then Rick Bonus is announced, and there you could hear a groan across the city because yeah. a he's been here before. B he wasn't the the, the big sexy name that uh, that folks were clamoring for, and you, you know it's just like well he's he's talked about stepping away from Dallas because he doesn't know how much longer he's going to be coaching, and it's yeah, sixty seven like, or something, you know. He's... You know, <clears throat> folks are just like, oh, okay, good. So we're going to have this guy for a year and then Scott, Scotty Arneal is going to step in. And I think that everything that you read and everything that you hear from the players, it's just, this guy has come in, he's taken control. He holds everyone to account. He does not play favorites. There is no, there is nobody in that dressing room who's elevated beyond 
Um, mm. You know, you read about um, the game against uh, the Minnesota Wild, which was, you know, one yeah, they get stomped a, by the a Wild, blip. Yeah a blip in the last 10 games, there's been those two blips. There's been the game against the wild and the game against the blue jackets. Yeah. You know, they're getting stomped in, in Minneapolis or St. Paul. And he puts, uh, he nail nails Cole Perfetti's butt to the bench. Right. And Perfetti since then he's, he's come on like a house on fire and, and, and has said that that's what I needed. I've never been sat in my entire life. And that's what I needed. I needed to be sort of given that that wake up call. And it's well, just... you look at like the, you speak of like not playing favorites or anything like that and holding accountable. And it's like based on how you're playing, not who you are. Mm-hmm. Mikey Isimont is now like basically a top line <laughs> player for the Jets right now. Right. He didn't start the year with the team. He came up from the moose because of injury, got called up mm-hmm. and he's a spark plug. He's been um you know, he's. He, I think he's only got the one goal, uh, maybe a couple assists, but he's he's like, you know, f- he's speedy. Which for the line of Dubois and Connor, you need to have some speed. When they had Sam Gagne on that line for a couple games, to me, it just did not work. He doesn't have the foot speed to keep up with those fellers. But um, Isimon, you know, he's he gets he he drew a double minor uh roughing and slashing or something against chicago on friday night it was uh jack johnson not not the singer songwriter jack johnson uh <laughs> the not the la- laid back dreamy jack <laughs> that's right yeah. um but uh yeah that jack was not laid back when he was going after icymont there and then took the roughing on top of, and then the Jets scored what ended up being the game winner on that power play. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's just like kind of bonus showing, you know what, if you're going to come in and hustle hard and do the things that lead to this team, you know, winning or playing quote unquote, the right way. Um, I, one thing I've noticed bonus saying a lot in his post game pressers and all this kind of stuff is, uh, playing on your toes. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, I guess that just means like being on it, you know, don't sit, not sitting back, but right. like attacking the puck, like getting on it. Yeah. And Isimont is definitely on his toes when you watch him play. So, well, um, and it, it's interesting too, right? Like, I think that the knock on the jets, the last few years has been, um, a lack of depth, uh, mm-hmm. and, and the bottom six has been this kind of rotating, uh, group of forwards and this year I think that they've gotten I mean Lowry's a stud I love yeah. Adam Lowry I think yeah. Adam Lowry should be the captain when they make make that announcement happen but yeah. you know you've got guys like Morgan Barron and and uh, you mentioned yeah, Sam, Barron's Gagne, been great. I, Sam I really... Gagne but then like Saku Menelainen like who, yeah. who knew about that guy big huge I know, right? Finnish We're, guy yeah like he came back from Finland, so yeah. I, I guess he played a little bit for Carolina. Pandemic happens. He goes back to Finland. Yeah. You know, and then he got a crack this year and said, this is going to be my last chance at the NHL, and he has taken a oh, hold that, of it. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Saku Menelainen's shoulder, unfortunately, in yeah. that game the other night. Uh, that was against the Blues, I believe. He played. Yeah. I looked at the the box score after Menelainen, one minute, 11 seconds. Yeah. It was early in the game, you know, yeah. he'd taken like two shifts and, and, yeah. 
you know, you just hope he's all right. But yeah, the depth of the Jets, next man up it's been, you know, because you got Ehlers out essentially the whole season so far, yeah. and he won't be back for a while. But guys like Appleton's been out for a while. Yeah, you mentioned um, Isomot, uh, that Janssen Falby yeah, that they picked yeah. up. A- AJF, let's just call <laughs> AJF. Him. <laughs> uh, Jansen Harkins is back up and and is yeah. and is playing really good hockey. Gustafson has been has been great he, as a fourth line center. Yeah, uh, you and know, and Tony Nato's stepped in when he's had to and uh, done a, an all right job and. Yeah, that's the thing. So, like, hopefully the injuries can, you know, they can stop now. That, that'd be great. But um, they've shown that they've had a little more depth. And I think, you know, like, under the previous regime of Maurice, those bottom six guys just didn't get the minutes to... It was like the a chicken or the egg, what came first. Like, they didn't get the minutes because they couldn't... Like he didn't trust them, but they he couldn't trust them because he didn't he never gave them a Give chance minutes, or whatever. Right? Well, and, and it's so so to that point, it's interesting, right? Looking at the average ice time for for the sort of the top twelve to fourteen forwards, the guys who have played this year, it's pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Outside, you know, you've got your your Dubois and Connors and Wheelers and and Scheif. Obviously, those guys are going to have bigger minutes because they're playing power play time but otherwise it's pretty static kind of across yeah. the board you know connor yeah. and perfect or uh, lowry perfetti uh is not that far removed from guys like morgan baron and sam gagne so i think that this is going to benefit the team throughout the season because yeah. guys are going to stay fresh guys are going to stay involved and guys are going to be uh you know and it, happy to I th- contribute i think it rolls into bonus's idea of playing on your toes as well because um the more the ice time is spread in a game mm-hmm. you know the more you're able to uh give per shift kind of thing you're not conserving energy out there mm-hmm. and the quick shifts and all that it all leads to playing a faster game a more up tempo game and so yeah i think that ice time is a huge thing a huge factor in that and it I've been happy to see that it getting spread around. And I just wanted to mention about David Gustafson. You know who he's like this. Uh, I was, the other game I was watching him and he's just like, I mean, the goals, they may never really come for him. You know, he, he might, he might be a guy who maxes out at 10 goals a year or something, sure. whatever, but, but he's only 20, years old or whatever he is he's not very old uh he reminds me so much of adam lowry the way he plays he's not as maybe scary uh as lowry but the way that he just like is so good at face-offs just so good defensively um Mm -hmm. you know like he's uh for checking wise he's so good like when he goes in after a puck in in the offensive zone, you you don't even have to watch the play. You can just be like, yeah, he's gonna get that, and then you can like turn around and then turn back, and he's got it. You know what I mean? Yep. Like he comes up with the puck nine times out of ten. It, it's it's pretty something to watch. And you know he's only got the one goal. No, he doesn't have any goals yet this yep. year. Three assists so far. Three assists, but, and but he's just he's such a responsible. 
he's yeah. a responsible player. He's a defensive defensive yeah. first player. He's, and I he's think twenty two. That that's, that's what he is. Yeah. Yeah. But super super important. He's so good uh, yeah. in in the face off circle. Uh, yeah. The thing that I wanted to ask you, okay, is obviously there was a, there was some stuff brought up this week because they played Florida and yeah. uh, old pal Paul Maurice came and you know earlier in the week they had played Anaheim and they kind of they kind of dogged it in the first period they end up coming out getting a 5-2 win but all bonus talked about after the game was that first period and how mm. they it sucked <laughs> it sucked right and so uh, a lot of people were like, well, you know, like he's kind of being hard on them. They got the win, whatever. And it's just this, this contrast in styles, you know, Paul Maurice would have been like, Hey, good job, boys. Two points, two yeah. points. Let's keep moving. Right. And bonus said, yeah, wins great, but we need to be better in our first, first period of play. And it's interesting because it's a, a bit of a harder edge that I don't think that the team has been super used to. And then, um, you know, people say, well, how long is that going to fly? Right. Mm-hmm. It's great when you're winning, you can call guys out like that. Professional athletes, guys making twice as much as you are coach. But what happens when the inevitable comes and the team starts losing a couple of games um, it, you know, who knows they could stay on this clip for the rest of the year, but there will be struggles. And is that style of coaching going to fly when the, the dark days come? I think it will, because, um, to me, it's about, you know, they've kind of, they've talked about this a bunch, the buy-in, right? Mm-hmm. And they're figuring out that the the, the I've said this earlier the the right way to play, and they've seen now that it provides victories even when you don't have a complete game. Mm-hmm. You know they've won some games. They're, they're, what did we say? They're eighteen wins now. Eighteen seven and eighteen. And there were and games. One. There there have been games along the way that they've won, where they probably didn't deserve to win. Have you ever seen the money puck? deserve to win a meter yeah and it's i i think it's stupid but it's also kind of interesting Mm -hmm. and because like the jets have won a lot of games where on that meter they didn't deserve to win right uh but you know what like and then a lot you hear people in the media and whatever the athletic uh they they say things like you know the jets only win because of connor hellebuck or whatever which is partly true Mm -hmm. no denying that but they they've played <clears throat> like against the blues they were outshot 30 to 20 or something like that mm-hmm. and they won 5-2 mm-hmm. you know they've got guys that can convert on chances they don't need 30 shots they don't need 40 shots they'll have games where they get that many shots sure. but as long as you're burying on the chances you get, who cares about expected goals for and against it's all yep. about real goals for and against in my oh, opinion. of course Right. And and then when you've got a guy like Hellebuck in the in your net, um, you don't really have to worry about too much. All well, you know, and, you, you and know you got to get to three, and you probably are going to win. And that's the thing, right? Is is that they've been obviously Hellebuck has been 
on the top of his game this year, which mm-hmm. you cannot say he was last year. And yeah. I think that they've been much more defensively sound, much more responsible in their own end. Um, you know, uh, obviously you mentioned Josh Morrissey. He's having kind of a breakout year offensively, but he's yeah. been, he's been like <laughs> head and shoulders above. This is the best I think I've ever seen him play. Oh, and it's like hundred percent. And he's just had this injection. I love, you know, like the quote from bonus in the paper this week saying, Hey, look, I'm not a babysitter. These guys yeah. are men. They're professionals. They're paid to show up here and go to work. You can't play this game without passion or emotion. You can't play this game on your heels. I hate it when we're on our heels. It's just not right. And, you know, it's interesting that after the game against Florida, uh, Shifley was asked a bunch of questions about Paul Maurice coming back. And, yeah. <clears throat> and he talked about, he answered all these questions about Paul Maurice by talking about how much he's enjoying playing for, for bonus. For bonus. And yeah. I think that one of the things that was kind of held within the, the Winnipeg hockey intelligentsia community was that, oh, you know, Shifley and Wheeler, they're running that team. They're, they're Paul Maurice's guys. And it kind of came off. It's just a little bit like, well, maybe they're not so much Maurice's guys as, yeah, he was definitely pumping their tires, but maybe Shifley, he's been looking for this, right? Maybe yeah. he's wanted that kick in the butt. Maybe he's wanted a coach who who challenged him on things. And it's... Uh, it's he really, looks it, like he's a new player this year compared to what we've seen over the last two-ish whatever years. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, he's sorry. In, he, go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, like, he looks rejuvenated. He's playing some of his best hockey that we've seen him play as a Winnipeg jet. And um, yeah, I think that like maybe, yeah, maybe it wasn't that uh, he was Wheeler and Shifley were, were Maurice's guys, but like, you know, they were, but like it was, it was kind of like he Maurice was very hands off about it or whatever. Right. Whereas I think, you know, bonus, not so much like he's, He's um and everything we've heard about him is that he's, you know, con- he he's found a way to connect with everybody on the team, yeah. you know, and he's interested and he's got his he's in there right like he's yeah. not a he's not a hands off coach and and this is whatever this he's is, doing it's working right and so. Shifley you know a great quote another great quote from 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 Shifley he says you know you're seeing rejuvenated fa- faces in this room. Bonus has been on each and every one of us each day, whether it's a good game or bad game, he's looking to help us. It's been awesome for me. It's been awesome for a lot of us. We're being pushed and we're being challenged to reach our full potential. And that does a lot for our team. There you go. I mean, that tells it all right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, Uh, yeah, that's a, that's quite a quote. And he's, um, he's right. Like, I mean, and you're right. Like maybe they just needed a challenge, you know, um, to to be better in whatever aspect of the game. And um, you know, I think a, a lot of it is deployment. You know, sure. he the way that bonus is uh, deployed the ice times and everything, the the structure of the game where they're attacking more. You mm-hmm. know, less. Uh, waiting for the game to come to them they're going yep. and taking it and when they've been successful you see them doing that they're on teams 
there's a lot of speed built into the team with when you mm-hmm. think of Kyle Connor as a burner and like um I mean even Blake Wheeler at his advanced age of 37 or whatever he is yeah. you know he, he moves can, he moves he moves quick for an old guy and I yeah, say that yeah, as an yeah. old guy who doesn't move quick he yeah. he definitely does get it done but I, it's just like I think that you know what productivity is always at its highest when you get a buy-in. You like coming to work, people. Yeah. And obviously, winning <laughs> helps breed uh, yeah. a good, a good, uh, a good climate. Do that too, and you have fun at the rink and stuff. Yeah. And it's yeah. always when you're having fun. It's well, uh... and you see, you see, like the they post a lot of clips of the handing out of the flight jackets afterwards, yeah. right? Yeah, and just like shit like that. Uh, I think the Jets social media team uh, has they either uh, got somebody new in there or they decided in the offseason they were going to go in a bit of a different direction. Mm -hmm. They've been uh, a lot more. I'll I'll use air quotes again, quote unquote, fun this Mm -hmm. year where Mm -hmm. the previous season has been very rigid and whatever. There's been a lot more like, uh, you know, social media fun with the team. And uh, you know, I think <laughs> watching a post game interview the other night, the uh, it was they were on the road, it must have been St. Louis or something. So they probably prop that Jets Nissan poster up, and then they stand guys in front of it. Mm-hmm. And it, the door of the dressing room must have been open because you could hear the tunes blaring, and they're talking to PLD, mm-hmm. and uh, somebody's like, "Hey, uh, you know, you scored or whatever." And PLD just, I don't know, something was going on off camera. Mm-hmm. And he's just laughing. He couldn't. He couldn't keep a straight face. He's <laughs> laughing. He's just like, I just. It's nice to score. I like scoring. You <laughs> score goals. You win games. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Scoring. He's laughing. <laughs> you know. Yeah. They're having fun. They're having fun. So. Well, that's important, and hopefully, hopefully things keep moving in a positive direction. Uh, obviously, yeah. you said we're recording on Saturday, so tomorrow, uh, Sunday is a big game against the Capitals. Always. Yeah. Uh, when, Back uh, home for a little three-game stand. Yeah. yeah. So. We'll see. They've been great at home. So have you gone to any games this year or are Uh, you planning on going to any? Definitely planning on going to some. I went to a preseason game against Calgary. That was lots of fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I uh, everybody likes to to watch a team that's that's doing good. Right. It's uh, it's good because there's a bit of a buzz in the rink. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been exactly there's been a bit of a buzz uh, around town and uh you know you, everybody you like to see the home team doing good and folks uh the home team's doing good right now this is talking hockey the hockey talking show co-host tom here with you and i got with me co-host guest co-host jared uh on the uh, ones and twos over there and uh we're gonna take a little bit of a break right now we're gonna throw it to a song um this is a song called uh fuzzy empire by divine right by by divine right you know what i mean like how mm-hmm. do you say that one um but uh you're just saying jared this is a i haven't heard this yet this is a new track or what's going on here brand new album these guys have been around forever uh they uh were uh kind of a big indie canadian band in the yeah. mid to late 90s and yeah they've had a, they've had a good long career for sure and, yeah, uh, and uh, put this record out uh, earlier in the fall. It's called Auto Motto. And nice. uh, yeah, check it out. I dig it. Cool. All right. Well, here's By Divine Right on Talking Hockey, the hockey talking show.
Okay, that was uh, by Divine Right with their tune Fuzzy Empire off their uh, new album. As Jared says, go check it out. Gotta go check it out. Yeah. Um, this is Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Co-host Tom here with you. And I've got with me guest co-host Jared. And uh, Jared, you know what time of year it is. December. We're getting on into the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. We played a Christmas song. So, yeah. I mean, you know, we're... We're in the festive spirit. Mm-hmm. You know what really gets me in the festive spirit? Randy and I touched on this last episode, uh, but I want to talk about it more because, let's face it, it's December. That's all I want to talk about. World Juniors. It's the World Juniors, and they're coming up starting on Boxing Day, and they're going to be in Halifax slash Moncton. There's your, old be stom- some- your old stomping grounds. Yes, and there's going to be some pre-tournament Exhibition games, I believe, in towns like Churro, uh, my hometown, Anaganish, mm-hmm. uh, and I think somewhere else. I can't remember where they said, but some other town. And so um, that's that's big for those towns, you know. I mean, uh, uh, but but yeah, the the medal round and all the Team Canada's games are going to be in Halifax. Mm-hmm. They'll send you know uh, Latvia and whoever to Moncton. And uh, nothing against Lavia or Moncton for that matter. Uh, no, I got something against Moncton, but that's okay. That's uh, for another I re- time. So I remember when the World Juniors were held here in 2000. Yeah. Uh, pre game or pre tournament exhibition games. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think it was the Kazakhstan team was was in the tournament that year. They played an exhibition game against my hometown Carmen Beavers no senior hockey team. And uh, that Kazakhstan team, I could have been Kazakhstan, featured uh, Nikolai Antropov. Nick Antropov, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, One of the original 2.0 Jets, was he not? Yep, yeah. This was, um, uh, it was, uh, it was a bit of a mess. I think, I'm... I think the Beavers won, beats the Kazakhstan, yeah. which, does not say much for men against boys or but um sure let me ask you this trivia master uh mm-hmm. did nick antropov score the first goal in jets 2.0 history yep pretty sure yes. he did nailed yeah i'm pretty sure he did too yeah like that that's in my head for some reason so i'm gonna go i'm gonna run with it listeners sure. if you have a different memory uh or would like to correct me uh feel free keep, to drop us keep a line. it to yourself keep it to <laughs> yourself. <laughs> nobody asked you yeah but, um listen we're gonna talk some world juniors um the selection camp is happening right now mm-hmm. they'll name the the final roster soon i don't know mm-hmm. when but i mean it's only december uh well it's december 12th let's call it because yep. that's when this show airs um you've got your big names uh yep. at, uh, at, at this camp, your Connor Bedards, your Logan Stankovens. Love that name. Great hockey name, Stankoven. Mm-hmm. Um, you got who's the other guy? Adam Fantilli. He's Adam Fantilli. not yet drafted, but expected to be drafted reasonably high. Um, you know, th- there's there's uh, Carson Lambos of the uh, Winnipeg Ice, local yep. uh, local, local fellow. Yeah. Uh, drafted by Minnesota. I was really hoping that the draft, the Jets might draft him this year, mm-hmm. this past year, but we got um, Rutger McGrorty, which I. Well, I, I think so. I think I think uh, Lambos was drafted 
last year. Oh, Lam- Lambos was drafted in 2021. It was Savoy that went this year, wasn't it? Savoy yeah. went this year. And, so, and he's not at the selection camp. He's not, camp, at, the, he's which not you were, at the camp. You're so mentioning a bit yeah. of a controversy. Yeah. Well, it's, so it's kind of a weird year, right? Because uh, the tournament, which is usually, like you say, it's a it's a Christmas classic. It runs from Boxing Day until sometime after New Year's. And we all sit around and day drink and eat snacks mm-hmm. and watch hockey. And then it got canceled last year. And so they ended up holding it in August. August. Yeah. Right. It was... and, and Team Canada won. Yeah. Uh, and I, I usually didn't even know what was happening. Of, yeah. I like watched a period. I don't know. Like sure. I just couldn't do it. I was like, guys, I am in August mode. Yeah. Summers in Winnipeg are short. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's ain't nobody got time for this. <laughs> yeah. And so you mentioned Bedard. You mentioned uh, Stankoven. Uh, there are, I think, 10 players returning from, from that gold winning team. Okay. Um, uh, so Bedard, Stankoven, Brendan Othman, Joshua Roy, Riley Kidney, Nolan Gauthier, Zach Ospachuk, Olin mm. Zellweger, Ethan Del Mastro, and Carson Lambos, who you mentioned. Um, and, and there's a whole sort of slew of, other guys, Fantilli uh, is kind of the the one B to uh, Bedard's one A. He's currently yeah. second in the NCAA in scoring. He's got twenty five points in fourteen games for the University of Michigan, which is a pretty w- big, pretty big school. Yeah, I was listening to some uh, some NHL radio this week, and they're talking Fantilli and Bedard and whatnot, and. <clears throat> Like I have, I've never seen Fantilli play, you know, uh, you just hear about these guys. And then like, mm-hmm. this is why I love the world juniors. You hear about these guys. It's a chance to see them. You get to kind of know them. Right. And then and two I love weeks all the... later, they feel like you're the brother you never had. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love all the, the little like, uh, yeah. vignettes they do of all the players oh, yeah. be like, yeah. this guy's from this town, you know, whatever, like, cause it's generally a pretty good cross section of Canada that you get. Um, but, uh, Fantilli anyway, they're saying, like, yeah, he's the one B to Connor Bedard's one A, but they couldn't be two more different players. Different players, right? Um, like Bedard is a razzle dazzle, uh, and and Fantilli's a bigger boy mm-hmm. who whose uh, straight lines goes to the net, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. And so that'll be kind of a an interesting dynamic for Canada to have their sort of top two centers, I guess, be like that. That they're um, you know, uh, I th- I assume Connor Bedard's a center. Actually, I don't even really know. Pretty sure. Um, but Pretty sure he is. Yeah, yeah. But to to have those kind of two waves coming at you like that, and like you know, I like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't know um, really much about any of the other players. You know, you, I remember Stankoven from the World Juniors that got canceled, right? And then I guess he was on the team again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just looking here. He's five foot eight, but 170 pounds. Like he's a uh, built like a brick poop house out there. <laughs> a, br- a brick stank oven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there it wh- is. <laughs> what's What's interesting? Okay, so this week, 
a couple of bigger names were added to the roster because they were released yeah. from their uh, NHL clubs, guys uh, that people will definitely know. Uh, mm-hmm. Brant Clark, who's been uh, patrolling been the blue line for the for, LA Kings. For the Los Angeles Kings, and he's been very good from everything mm-hmm. that I've heard about them. I've only seen one Kings game, I think, this year so far. Mm-hmm. But but and everything other... I hear about Brant Clark is he's been he's been great. And then the other is, is Shane Wright, who... Yeah is obviously he was supposed to go number one in the draft. Montreal yeah. Canadiens passed on him. He fell four to Seattle, and then Seattle's had him on some sort of weird time management plan. He's only been playing when he's yeah, he, been playing. He's playing like six or seven minutes a game. He was yeah. down in the... He went the, to the AHL, to the Coachella <laughs> Firebirds or whatever The Coachella Valley Firebirds. Yeah, and he lit it up in his yeah, little Yeah, four goals in five games, there. and he came back and, and scored a goal against Montreal, yeah, his, his first, first NHL, NHL goal, goal. and yeah. then promptly got reassigned to this camp. So I think it's it's good for a guy like Shane Wright because he's going to come in there with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Uh, he he has played as a number one center, and it I think that they need to uh, alleviate some pressure on Bedard, right? Like Yeah, the kid well, is and I wonder, maybe, yeah. maybe they move Bedard, like put Bedard on Wright's wing. Or something like that. That's like that, that that's the speculation a, from the hockey yeah. news is that uh, Bedard could play on Wright's wing, um, and that uh, Clark and uh, Owen Zellweger uh, are kind of a one-two punch on the back mm. end that nobody else in the tournament has. So it'll be interesting. It always is. Um, yeah. I think that the other we're, thing. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say we're running out of time. We're getting low on time. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just want to mention that I really hope that there is a penalty song or something for the World Juniors. That there's, I hope that Halifax does something. Maybe it's like a nice little fiddle tune to send the boys to the box whenever there's a minor oh, penalty. Sure. Something. Little little. In the East Czech Coast Republic, kitchen, a couple East years Coast ago. Kitchen party. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're gonna. This this song you're hearing right now, this is the penalty song from the Czech Republic about two years ago. It's uh, also the, Tom's the, ringtone. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like I just, <laughs> it cracked me up so many times when I like every every time I heard it, it just cracked me up, and I couldn't believe that it just kept happening. I was like, "You're serious? This is the song," and um, it, it's kitschy stuff like that that I really get a kick out of. I don't, you know, like, I think we take hockey too seriously sometimes in this country. And, like, I hope that they uh, have something fun going on in Halifax for the for the uh, fans and, uh, you know, the players. And to, something to drive the announcers crazy because I know they were getting sick of hearing this one when it was in the Czech Republic. But we got a bounce here, Jared. We're out of time. Um, so we're going to we're going to go out on a song. And I chose this song because this song is on the Tempo Aluminum's uh, locker room playlist. And tonight is a big tilt between my team, the Tempo Aluminum's, and your team, which is called the the, the, the sweet, sweet tarts. tarts, sweet tarts, the sweet tarts. HC. And, yeah. Our, our... Go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say. Unfortunately, I'm not. I've been looking forward to it. I'm not gonna be there. Uh, That's you know, a shame. That's yeah, real. Sh- real I've shame. Got I've got an engagement that I cannot uh, get, out, get of. out of. And I, you know what? I don't want to get out of it. It's going to be fun. So I look forward so, to it. But 
Maybe yeah. next maybe next week we'll close out with the April wine song that's on our playlist. <laughs> okay, there you go. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So this is we're gonna go with Ooh What a Night by April Wine because um it's gonna be a big night in the garage oh, it's a, league it's a down big at the tilt. Win- yeah, at the Winnipeg Winter Club. So folks, if you're around 10 p.m. Winnipeg <laughs> Winter Club, check it out. Now you're listening to this on Monday. You're gonna have to travel back in time to go check this game out. But that's but the that's way she okay. goes. That's the way yeah. she goes. Yeah. Well, thanks for keeping Randy's seat warm, uh, Jared. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure having you guest host. We're gonna do it again. Um, and uh, yeah, we're gonna go out here on uh, Ooh, What a Night" by April Wine. It's a big tilt in the Garage League tonight. Uh, you know, listeners, you're going to have to check the newspaper on Monday to see who won. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's let's uh, keep your stick on the ice. Keep your head up as you cross the blue line. Let them know you're out there. Bang that beaver paddle. And uh, we'll sign off with Ooh, What a Night by April Wine here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show.